Glad that you're with us here as we get ready for a college football. We went through week zero with the Illini with a victory against Nebraska, but here we are, week one of the college football season. Our friend Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com covers college football like a blanket. He's already there for Ohio State and Minnesota for a Thursday night. He joins me here on Under the Hood. As always, Adam, I appreciate it. Uh, great to be with you, Jonathan. There you are. So last year for college football, let's go back before we move forward. What are your memories of college football last year with COVID and trying to reschedule games? Really tough for us to navigate as college football fans. Yeah, it was just a mess of a season. I mean, there was obviously questions about whether there would be a season and you had different start times for leagues and abbreviated schedules and then COVID impacted schedules. I mean, there's a number of teams that only played, you know, four games last year. So what do you take away from that as a coach or a player as a fan or a fan? And so, uh, you know, I think it's it's certainly a fresh start for teams. There were teams that had great seasons and full and robust seasons, but uh, the hope this year is that there won't be uh, as many disruptions. Uh, there will certainly be COVID-impacted uh, games and players and so forth, but uh, I think there's at least a hope that, that most of these games or all of these games are going to get played beginning uh, you know, here tonight with Ohio State and Minnesota and, and throughout the weekend. We have a really good week one slate of games. Adam, um, what is the latest on Hurricane Ida and how it affects Louisiana and the East Coast? This has just been devastating from the south all the way to the east i saw the videos of what's happening in new york city and also new jersey so what's the latest on some of these schools and what they have to do well, a number of schools in that area, Jonathan, have been displaced, and, and they're you know, training in areas that haven't been impacted as much. You know, Tulane, for instance, went to Birmingham and was working out at uh, at Legion Field there, and also at, at Alabama's facilities. Nick Saban kind of opened his doors to, to the Tulane team, but you know, they're going to be uh, away from their campus for a number of weeks. They had to move their game, a home game against Oklahoma, which would have been huge for them, uh, had to be moved to Norman. So they're going to play the number two team in the country on the road. Uh, and you know, similar with, with some of the other teams in in that area of, of the country, having to to like the NFL teams having to uh, train somewhere else for a few weeks. As far as the East Coast. In parts of New Jersey were hit very hard last night by Hurricane Ida, but it looks like that game at least will, will be played later on this weekend. So it uh, definitely impacts those teams in Louisiana, Mississippi, and, and Alabama a little bit more than, than, than it seems like, at least uh, on the East Coast. I'm interested in the game that you're covering, uh, Ohio State and Minnesota. So I expect Ohio State to be in that Final Four. How solid is this team this year versus last? Well, it's interesting, Jonathan. There's going to be a lot of attention, of course, on the the first-year starting quarterback, C.J. Stroud. But I'm actually more interested in their defense, Ohio State. I I didn't think they were great defensively last year. I know Alabama made a lot of teams look bad, uh, but they made Ohio State look really bad in that national title game. And then you you lose a number of of good players. They lost several linebackers to the NFL. Uh, Haskell Garrett's a nice interior lineman, but do they have an elite pass rusher? How's their secondary going to be this year so I'm, how's their scheme I, I'm, I'm that's what I'm watching uh, uh, you know for for them tonight because you know offensively with their track record Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson as the offensive coordinator they've had elite level quarterback play their receiver receiving core might be the best and the deepest in the country with Chris Olave and, and, and Garrett Wilson and, and several other 
playmakers, so they're going to put up points. It's just a matter of can they stop people because you look at the other playoff contenders, Jonathan, uh, you know, Oklahoma's getting better on defense. Alabama should be better defensively mm-hmm. than they were last year. Same with Clemson. You know, your, your Georgia dogs always play a really good defense. I don't know if I can say the same thing about Ohio State, so that's my big concern for them. Yeah, but Minnesota on the other side, you know, Adam, there's nothing like an energetic head coach and a team that's on the rise like Minnesota. I, I like what Fleck has done. I'm wondering um, whether or not you feel like they could take another step this year or not. Yeah, I think they can. I mean, last year, like a lot of teams, you know, they were hit hard by, by COVID. Uh, they had some opt-outs, especially on the offensive line who should come back and help them this year. They have one of the, the best running backs that nobody really knows about outside of the Twin Cities and the Big Ten, and that's Muhammad Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to try to ride him as much as possible. But my thing with them is can they play better defensively? They weren't very good against the run, and they're going to be tested tonight by Master Teague, certainly, but also uh, Travion Henderson, who is the top-rated running back uh, recruit in the country. And so um, you know, are they going to be tighter and, and tight, they can tighten it up on defense? And then can they throw the ball like they did a couple years ago when they had those elite receivers. Tanner Morgan is still the quarterback, but are they going to be as good at receiver as they were in 2019? Probably not. So they're going to they're going to have to rely on a kind of old-fashioned Minnesota, you know, ground and pound type uh, offense with with Ibrahim as the lead guy. It might be a late night at Bat 41 uh, for in Evanston uh, for the Cats against Michigan State on Friday. My only question about the Cats is what are you getting offensively this upcoming season? I know defensively they're always going to be solid. I, I see this possibly as a win against Michigan State coming up. We'll see. But what do you think about them offensively with the quarterback? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it, that's the big question, right? I mean, Hunter Johnson, uh, the last time we really saw him was back in 2019 when Northwestern had historically one of the worst quarterback rooms in, in recent college football. And, you know, I think the, the hope certainly is that Hunter has improved since then. You know, under Mike Bajakian, who's the second-year offensive coordinator, he won the starting job fairly early in training camp. And so I think that's a, a good sign for Northwestern. They feel like like he has made that type of progress. But, uh, you know, their their uh, their offensive line has improved in recent years. It's been the passing game that I think is the major question mark. And can Hunter Johnson, A, execute that well, and then B, not turn the ball over? Because as you mentioned, Jonathan, they've been so good defensively mm-hmm. and should continue to be very good defensively. But they cannot afford the type of turnovers that cost them so many games in 2019 and ultimately led to that 3-9 and nine record. You know with Northwestern, their mojo is winning close games. They have an incredible record in one-score games. Well, the way you lose those games, you turn the ball over. So that's the big uh, the big question with Hunter is, is his decision-making and can he improve the, the turnover numbers? And if he does, there's no reason to think Northwestern can't win you know, seven, eight, nine games this year. Do you know what Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network told me the other day? He told me, Adam, that he thinks that Michigan's going to have a hard time even getting past Indiana uh, in the Big Ten this year. He thinks that Michigan will struggle again because, once again, offensively, Jim Harbaugh has not been able to develop a quarterback. The defense, he thinks, will be okay. He thinks that Indiana could surpass Michigan as far as one loss record. What do you think? Jonathan, you look at the two rosters, Indiana's got a better roster. 
And now whether that plays out, uh, we'll, we'll find out. But Indiana brings back a lot of the pieces from a team you know, that was sniffing the top 10 last year. Now they get their biggest piece back in, in Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback, who unfortunately hasn't finished the season healthy. So he's got to stay healthy, uh, avoid some of those injuries that have, have derailed him. But he's a dynamic player. You saw that against Ohio State last year. Their top receiver, Ty Freifold, goes back. Uh, you know, Taiwan Mullen is their top defensive player, in my view. They have another, a couple other all-conference guys back on defense and they've added through the transfer portal uh, you know several key power five transfers who who may impact them and help put them over the top now their schedule is very difficult and that's what might be the difference between them and michigan they start out at iowa very tough place to play and then they get cincinnati a top 10 team coming to bloomington week three so if they're able to split those games i think you're looking at indiana as a real threat in, in the big 10 east if they lose both of those uh, they're still a team to, to look out for but but it's going to be maybe a little bit tougher road for them. Michigan, it's clearly the quarterback spot. That's That's been the big shortcoming under Jim Harbaugh. Now they have great confidence in Cade McNamara, who played a little bit last year, started a game. Even before training camp, Harbaugh was saying he was our, he was our QB1 and said the same thing after training camp. So uh, that he, he, he's kind of the guy they've put a lot into to, to try to get them over the hump, but a position that's clearly held them back and surprisingly so under Harbaugh. Well, it's the Indiana Hoosiers are a team it's not a secret anymore. It's a really good. It's a really good team that has played well. Is there a team that we should be looking out for in the Big Ten that you're curious about? Maybe some off the radar. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think in the East it's probably uh, uh, you know Ohio State, um, Penn State, Indiana. In the West, it's always a little bit more wide open. It could be that Minnesota team mm-hmm. that we discussed. I, I really like Iowa. I mean, Iowa's mm-hmm. a team I, I pick every year. It seems like in the West, and they just find a way to lose a couple of games that they shouldn't. Now their start to the season is going to be critical because last year they lost their first two games and then were, were you know, dynamite down the stretch, six in a row, and were really playing as well as almost anyone in the country. You know, this year they start out with Indiana at home, tough game, and then they go to Iowa State. You know they've had Ohio- Iowa State's number under Matt Campbell, but Iowa State has its best team ever, at least on paper. So Iowa can't start zero and two again. That's the that's the key point for them. I don't know if they're necessarily an off the radar team though, because uh, they've always been you know kind of in that mix. You know maybe it's maybe it's Minnesota. You know maybe it's uh, you know a team like like you know, Maryland's got a lot of talent. Rutgers feels like they're they're going to be uh, you know a better team off the of last year, but I, I think it's. It's going to be your usual suspects, your Wisconsin's, your your uh, your Iowa's in the West. Uh, maybe Northwestern gets in that mix again, and then certainly Penn State and Ohio State in the East. I understand that Florida State will not name their quarterback. I guess we'll know when he comes through the tunnel. I, I was I read uh, from your from your feed on Twitter. So Florida State against Notre Dame. I'm I'm curious to know how you look at Notre Dame for this upcoming season in this matchup against Florida State with this unknown quarterback. Right. Well, it'll be either Jordan. I think it'll probably be Jordan Travis, even though the the a lot, a lot of us are rooting for Mackenzie Milton, you know, the outstanding uh, UCF former UCF quarterback who had that devastating leg injury, almost lost his leg. Yeah. You know, incredible comeback, and then transferred from UCF to Florida State. So I, I would hope that we'll at least see him in the game. But um, yeah, we'll we'll find out uh, what 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 Mike Norvell and and that coaching staff decides. Notre Dame's fascinating to me because um, you know they've been this consistent top ten team, obviously 
haven't you know gotten to that next level in the playoffs, but they've been one of the more consistent programs in college football under Brian Kelly, and I don't know if they get uh, enough credit for that. Uh, I think defensively, a new coordinator and Marcus Freeman, a new scheme. Fascinated to see what he he's able to do uh, because they lost some some really good players at, at linebacker with uh, Wusu Koromoa and and some of the the defensive ends. There's questions about their pass rush, and then offensively, I'm excited because you know the running backs look great. Offensive line is really talented. You know, they bring in Jack Cohn, who had been the former uh, starting quarterback at Wisconsin. You know, he takes over for Ian Book. You know, how, how is he going to uh, affect their passing game, and did they get a little bit more from the receiver position? Notre Dame is fine at offensive line. They're incredible at tight end. They're really good at running back. But like a lot of teams trying to take that next step, you kind of like Northwestern a little bit in the Big Ten. Can they be good enough in the passing game? That's what I'll be watching for as well as whether they can maintain the you know, kind of top 10, top 15 level defense that they've played. All right, Adam, give me something good on Georgia now. Give me something good. Is the season over <laughs> at 10 o'clock on Saturday? Is the season over for Georgia? No, no way. No way. No. <laughs> now they, I know it's been uh, kind of a, a rocky training camp with some of the injuries. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's something to, to look out for. But I, I, I do think that Georgia understands what it wants to be on offense. And that was probably the biggest plus that came out of last season is you're going to JT Daniels down the stretch and putting up some big numbers and showing a greater willingness to throw the ball and having your same play caller and your quarterback back with Todd Munkin and JT Daniels. I mean, as you know, Georgia's had the receivers. I mean, sure. like LSU for all those years. Receiver position never a problem with Georgia. You just got to maximize it, and they're starting to do that. And then defensively, even if they're a little short-handed in this game, you know, they're, they're, they have they and Clemson, to me, Jonathan, have recruited at a different level defensively than maybe anyone in the country. Alabama's right there, uh, you know, especially with, with this last class. But Georgia always has elite-level defenders. I know they're replacing a lot. They got some guys in the transfer portal, but I, I, I don't expect uh, either defense to be struggling too much in this ball game. Uh, and lastly, I want to ask you about Alabama as they take on Miami. This game will take place. I'm interested in seeing uh, what Bama looks like, and then from Miami standpoint, again, this is this is could be, you know, a, a learning experience for Miami against a really great Alabama team, right? Well, and Alabama is going to be better on defense. Yeah. You know that, that, that they've been so much of an offensive-driven team, which is crazy to think about when when you look back at Nick Saban's early championship teams which were all based on defense and running backs. But now they're all about the quarterback. And Bill O'Brien takes over as a new play caller. You know, Bryce Young is a new quarterback. But I really think their defense, you know, Will Anderson is a name that college football fans around the country should know. He's a guy that you know, former Alabama staff members were telling me, even as a true freshman, this guy's going to be a top five, top ten pick as an outside linebacker. He's outstanding. I think they're, they're, they're better up front, and they're really deep at linebacker, and they've got some dudes in the secondary. So I think it's going to be, again, like a learning experience. These are always the games we talk ourselves into. Oh, my, maybe Miami will keep it close and, and give Bama a scare. I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be an easy Bama win. But you know, Derek King is 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 back off of his ACL, and you know he he's a dynamic player. And and if, he, if they can protect him, maybe maybe he makes some plays. But I think it'll be a fairly comfortable Bama win. And then obviously going into the SEC play here uh, in the next few weeks. Adam, you know how much I love college football. I cannot wait for uh, week one. Starts Thursday night and it goes through all throughout. 
throughout the weekend. And by the way, Hawaii during the day, that doesn't work for me on week zero. I'm not yeah, used to seeing them before. To talk about with you throughout the year. I, I, I can't, I'm not used to seeing Hawaii uh, in the middle of the day. That was odd last week, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little time change for them. And, you know, hey, UCLA looked pretty good, and they got LSU coming in this week. So oh. we'll see if uh, Tiff Kelly always had that watering the bamboo line. That, you, know, you water the bamboo and it doesn't do anything, and then four years, then, then it just sprouts. And so maybe they're, maybe they're there at UCLA under Chip. We will read your stuff on ESPN.com as you cover uh, the uh, big game with Ohio State and Minnesota and all throughout the weekend. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Ah, so great to hear from Adam Rittenberg, my friend, who covers college football for ESPN.com. He's always got great information, great news, not just on game day, but all throughout the week. You need college football info. Adam Rittenberg is there. All right. Hope that you enjoy your college football Saturday. It's going to be so much fun to be able to chill in the hood cave and watch some college football, not only Thursday, but also on Friday and also on Saturday. College football, you know, I love it, and I can't wait for it to commence for week one. Thanks so much for listening to the Under the Hood podcast. Don't forget to catch me with David Kaplan mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. All right, talk soon. Thanks so much, as always.